Elevated, the true crime podcast where we tell you our point of view on your favorite books, movies, and general murderous tales. This week we're talking about Of Mice and Men. Of Mice and Men is a novella written by John Steinbeck. Published in 1937, the book debuted as a bestseller, adapted to an on-screen play and a movie. However, its popularity did not stop it from becoming one of the most challenged books of all time. Regularly on the banned book list of the American Library Association, its challenge for things like profanity, morbid and depressing themes, and for being derogatory towards African Americans, women, and the developmentally disabled. That being said, let's get into it. It recounts the life of two migrant workers, George Milton and Lenny Small. On their way to a new ranch in Soledad and look for a job, George tells Lenny not to talk due to his mental health stake to ensure that they get the job. No, but seriously, when I when I first heard about this book, I thought like I thought it was gonna be a lot more scarier. I did too. A lot more mice. Because you can't name a book of mice and men and have mice mentioned mentioned there like, was one mouse one it wasn't mouse. even mice mouse and men yeah it was, it was one of mouse they talked they talked about mice but he only touched a mouse once a lot of men <laughs> very little mice yeah i one out of ten yeah i mean unless apartment. unless they are referring to curly's wife as 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 a mouse like a, because there, there, there was one, because, you know. Shh. Not yet. Not yet. Throughout the book, we meet a wide variety of characters. Our main ones being George and Lenny, who have known each other since they were young, and now they travel around together getting new jobs. Next is Candy, an older disabled worker who has lost his hand in a work accident and has an older dog with him. It is only a matter of time before they fire him for someone who can do more work than him. Then we have Slim, who is a skinner on the ranch and is very widely respected and known for being wise. Curly is introduced as being the boss's son, who loves to get into fights with other people as a show of his masculinity because of his height. Curly has also just recently married a young woman. Crooks is a black stable hand that has been kicked by a horse and now has a curved spine. This has left him unable to leave the ranch to find different work. Carlson is also a worker on the ranch who has a hatred for Candy's dog and believe and believes it is best for the dog to be killed. You know what? I when I when we read the book, and then she was like, "Curly's wife doesn't have a name." That that really like, I know because at first I was like, "Why why would you just write Curly's wife?" That's that's very, not, you know, like offensive. Okay. No, this book was written in the nineteen in the nineteen thirties. It probably says a lot about um. A lot about like the time in the society in the society and the judge and view on women mm-hmm. and how their role in society like she was like she was very lonely they called her a b- <laughs> and a truck yeah they called her a lot of things and then she said i'm so lonely and they're like too bad you're a you know you cheated on your you're husband leave you're sleeping like, with everyone you got the eye. <laughs> you got the eye. How are you supposed to have the? Uh, How do you have an eye? Pink eye? Black eye? I, I, I'm assuming. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But she. I felt so bad because, like, she had dreams and all this, and then she didn't get anything. Like, she was stuck with Curly on the farm. Nobody. Nothing. She had a dream. The dream. 
the dream and she cannot achieve said dream. Very sad. Very lonely. Very. No friendship. When considering the ending, one must ask themselves about the themes that were so prevalent in the book, like friendship, power, the American dream, and the loss of paradise, and how they lead up to this moment. That being said, let's consider three pieces of evidence that led up to the murder in chapter 6. Number 1. Of Mice and Dogs On page 24 of the book, Carlson's hatred for Candy's dog finally overflows when he offers to kill Candy's dog for him. He says the dog stinks and that none of the men in the bunkhouse can get a good night's rest because of the stench of the dog. Candy finally gives in and allows his dogs to be shot and killed by Carlson. Shortly after though, Candy tells George that he himself should have been the one to kill his dog and to relieve its suffering. This foreshadows a certain death at the end of the book, and whose hands the responsibility of it will fall on. Dog this, dog that. That man really did not like Candy's dog. No, because even even back then, even back then, they like, I thought, like, people liked dogs, but evidently Carlson, Car Carlson, Carlson did not, did not like dogs. He was like... Your dog's a little stinky. Do you he, want me to kill him for you? It wasn't even like a little. He was like, your dog reeks. He reeks and it stinks. <laughs> I'm losing sleep at night. I can't. I'm getting hallucinations. Your dog is some sort of apparition. I can't sleep. Kill the dog. Kill the dog. Like, he thought like that dog was the source of his problems. Like The way he was getting mad at that dog. He was like, you're the reason my father left. And my mother never left me like just he's an old dog like you can't like oh my gosh and then it's like if carlson you know that um movie with leonardo dicaprio and tom hanks catch me if you can and like his mother dies his father like loses his job if carlson was leonardo dicaprio um the dog would be tom hanks i've never seen that movie <laughs> but i'm assuming you're right but also the puppies. He they killed the puppies. <gasps> puppies. I mean, I understand a mercy killing, but it's sad. It, it's very sad. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, what has to be done has to be done. <laughs> <laughs> Evidence number two is the dream, which is constantly brought up during the book from the very start to the very end. This dream is something that every character has had and has along the way lost hope that it will come true. Such as Curly's wife's dream to be an actress, and Candy and Crook's dream to own land of their own and have freedom to do what they want. For George and Lenny, this takes shape in their own plot of land and animals they can care for. This will allow for a space where they wouldn't have to worry about other people, especially Lenny, who wouldn't have to worry about getting in trouble all the time. The book starts with Lenny and George's dream, and it ends with their dream as well. No, but like I think I think one of the saddest parts about like this whole entire story mm -hmm. was this like everybody having a dream and then never achieving it. Like like I, I get that's like that's kind of like life, but it's it's so sad to see it like written out happening to everyone around you and then them all talking about like I just had this dream and then it never came true. <laughs> and having to live with that and be like, Yeah. When you read books you don't want life yeah you, 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 
fiction, you want happiness, you want you want the happy ending, you want the dream come true, you know, you don't want like I tried to get that dream and I didn't have the money and I never got it and now I'm old and crippled. <laughs> like that's literally and handless. And handless and I have my back is crooked and I got I'm lost by a horse. Yeah. I'm a fifteen year old married to a twenty something. Exactly. Like it's like dumbness. It's very sad. It's very sad. I think I think that's very typical for that time period. Yeah, they're like near the Great Depression. Everyone's war. dying. Everyone's dying. In this book, a lot of things were dead, passing away. Yeah, like it was kind of like, oh, the mice, um, the dog. The dog. And you know what? Dogs, plural. The things only passed away if a certain person. Death follows Lenny around. <laughs> yeah, it follows him <sighs> like the Reaper, and it's so it's so sad because I he you know he means no harm by it, but it it really it's, will not leave him alone. His his aunt Carol, Car- no Car- Carla, 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 the dogs, the mice. Oop! We missed the parentheses. And Curly, but such a big guy, he really likes tiny. T- Anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Evidence number three is the friendship between George and Lenny and the loneliness that falls around the other workers. Lenny feels like a burden to George sometimes, and George often imagines what his life would be like if he didn't have Lenny. Yet, they stick together. Many workers comment on this friendship between the two men and how it has changed how they act making them very different from lonely workers who have become harsh and mean. They have a bond that not many can understand, such as the boss who believed that George was staying with Lenny so he could steal his money. In their own ways, they always looked out for each other and did what they thought was right. George tells Lenny to stay away from Curly and his wife, and Lenny threatens anyone who would hurt George while Crooks was joking with him. Even in the end, they were both looking out for each other and what they did. George's last act was still a way of him looking out for Lenny, even if it's a bit ironic in the end. We can also see a power imbalance between George and Lenny, and also the other workers on the ranch. Lenny will do whatever George tells him to do with no hesitation because he is dependent on George. This can also be seen in the scene with Curly's wife and Crooks, Candy, and Lenny when she threatens them with their jaws because she is higher than them on the ranch. No, but really, he likes small, soft things. Yeah. And he's such a big strong guy. He doesn't know he doesn't know his strength. Like yeah. they shouldn't be doing any um migrant working. They should join like an MMA competition. Yeah, I, I think they could make some serious money. They would, I think so too. I think they would have made their money for the ranch. Not ranch, but you know what I mean. Why why didn't he become a boxer like Curly? Well, thinking I, about it. Well, I I don't know, probably because he, he he's listened to what George tells him and George probably I don't know. Probably didn't think of it. They don't want to put him in danger because if they they heard him talk, they would be like, "Oh my god!" But they could just be like, "Oh, away. it's brain damage from the boxing." Yeah, but he, he's never fought a boxing match in his life. He has no reason. He's a local boy from the local rings. He's an up and coming boxer. But but no but, but they would have to. Yeah, I guess I guess. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. In a climactic turn of events, Lenny strangles Curly's wife to death after stroking her hair. Knowing he did something wrong, 
he runs away to hide in the bush George told him to at the beginning of the book if he ever got in trouble. Candy finds Curly's wife and alerts George and then the other men. They decide to go on a search party, knowing that the culprit is Lenny and George is forced to go. Knowing that Lenny would return to the bush by the river if he ever got in trouble, George approaches Lenny mid-hallucination. This all leads up to George killing Lenny out of mercy. The only other options were for Lenny to go through the torture of Curly and the search party before being killed, or to be sent to a mental hospital or asylum, which were notorious at the time for being understaffed, overcrowded, and torturous, using treatments like shock therapy, hydrotherapy, and lobotomies. This leads one to think. Was George justified in his killing of Lenny? Yes. Uh, yes, sir. Yes. Very much so. Very much. Very yes. much so. Because what other options did he have? Either one, get found by um Curly, get found. Apologies. Lenny would get, isn't that right? Get caught, I think. Get caught. Yes, thank you. Lenny would... <laughs> Sorry. Okay. When either Lenny would get caught by Curly and the crew, and they would definitely, one, he would die anyways, mm-hmm. and he would be tortured. Yeah. Second, he gets arrested. They can't cry for insanity or anything. Yeah, because then I think it, that would be, I don't know, not like, it would be a lot worse. It would be a lot worse, because then he would go to a, a place, an asylum, and it, it would not be good for him. It's like, you know that um, American Horror Story? You ever yeah. see that season? He would be going to one of those things. Yeah, that's my. That's not my good. Goal. I definitely. If I had, if it was the choice between having them tortured in two separate ways or just doing it myself and saving them the pain and like, like taking them out in a way where they were happy, you know, they weren't weren't like mm-hmm. in pain at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? I guess, I guess yeah. <laughs> but um yeah I, I mean it was it was the only right thing to do it was the only right thing to I do. mean if you disagree I I don't know where you're you need help no because let me play devil's advocate for a second um, <laughs> oh no I understand people oh my leg sorry oh, yeah. <laughs> I understand people who no I don't exactly <laughs> like it, it, there's no logical explanation for thinking that George wasn't justified in killing Lenny because he loved Lenny he loved Lenny and he did not want Lenny to suffer any more than he had to I mean I can see how people cannot see why it's justified yeah. but all the other options end up hurting Lenny more and yeah. George wasn't happy about it. George was like, "Yeah, like the whole <gasps> end of the story, he was like, he literally had he like struggled to pull it up. Like he was like, but he like he knew it he, was he knew he had to do it. He knew what he had to do, and he did it. And you know what? That's I, I that's what anyone should look for in a man. Yeah, mm-hmm. drive, power, determination, loyalty, trustworthiness, strength, mental." Oh. <laughs> Whether or not you think George should be held responsible for the death of Lenny, in our point of view, he is seen as innocent.
Thank you for listening and join us next week for another edition of POV. Um, this is editing Abby and Sophia here. Um, unfortunately, we forgot to talk about Candy and him joining in on Lenny and George's dream, which is so, so sad because he literally goes, oh, like, is the dream dead, George? And, and it's dead, obviously, because George is gone. Well, not mentally George is gone because Lenny was his reason for this dream. Now that Lenny's gone, he has no reason to get this dream, you know? Like, it's like, well, I mean, he did lose his best friend, but... <laughs> but you know, you know, it's it's the cards you dealt with, I guess. And I mean, it's sad to think about because Candy was an old man, a disabled old man, lost his dog, like what days before, a day before. I don't know how many, but that's so sad to think about. Like, and how many old men must have went through that to lose their, not perhaps their dog, but like their job. They had no money. They had nowhere to go. They had no kids family no house no wife nobody so the minute they lost these jobs like that was it for them like i i can't imagine how many people like died because they they like were too old or too sick or hurt too bad to work anymore and like were canned but like i guess that's kind of like the card you're dealt with in the beginning of your life i mean you know um I guess, yeah. I think, uh, is that a saying in poker? I'm not sure. Abby could probably correct me on this. I'm not, and and I don't do poker. I, I, I know nothing about poker, but I know people who do poker in, in, in a way, you know, like, I know this guy who knows a guy who does poker. Okay, this is, this is getting offhand, but just wanted to put that in there. All right, bye. Okay, okay, so I, I did not bring this up throughout the entire thing. I haven't brought it up since I read it, but it's been running throughout my mind. We need to talk about Curly and how he had to preserve his hands in a glove full of that. Why he had to preserve his hand for his wife in a glove of Vaseline. A glove was the same hand that he was preserving the one that got i think <laughs> yeah so yeah well well it don't matter now because his hands crushed and his wife is dead exactly so unless he's gonna find a new wife which he probably will go down to the local playground find um, another one mm -hmm. which he probably shouldn't because he's not a very good husband as shown throughout the book she was fifth she was only 12. She said she was <laughs> And I, I don't know, I just it was a very good book. In my opinion, it was a very good book, very mm -hmm. quick book. It was like, very it was sad though, the very end. It was very sad. It was very sad. Like there was no business for Steinbeck to go and rip out our hearts like that. I cried. It's okay. Mm. I know. Everyone laughed at me. But I was very serious. No, I was very serious. That's very sad because, like, they were best friends forever. Like, they were best friends forever. Thank you and me. That's so cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that's going to have to be. That's. Mm. Let's never do that again. Ding, 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 ding. Oh. Well. Oh. See you next week on Peel Week.
What are we doing next? Pay on me, pay on me, pay on me, pay on me.